I recently did something absolutely ridiculous. Really, really, really ridiculous. It's embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. I watched a video of hamsters running on a hamster wheel on YouTube. I know. You're thinking, who even has time for that? Let me tell you. Apparently, 1,585,540 people in the last six weeks have time to watch hamsters run on a hamster wheel. And as soon as it stopped, as soon as the video was over, and as soon as I composed myself from my, from my laughing and thinking how ridiculous it is, it hit me. It hit me. Our lives are just like those lives of the little hamsters on the hamster wheels. And when I say there's vast similarities between us, between us and the hamsters, I mean pretty much identical. You know, the running on the wheel, the wheel that's spinning faster and faster with every passing second, but getting nowhere. The wobbles, the inevitable fall, the tired step, the slip, the looking absolutely ridiculous. You and I, we have a problem. We have an ongoing, never-ceasing hamster wheel experience in our everyday life. So much so that the standard answer to our question, how are you doing, is I am so busy. I'm so tired and I am so busy. I'm guilty of it myself and I've begun to wonder, is this actually some kind of a boast that's disguised <laughs> as a complaint? Busyness serves as some sort of a hedge, a hedge against our emptiness. Obviously, obviously your life can't be meaningless or silly or trivial if you're that busy, can it? If your diary is completely booked every hour of every day, if you need to make space for friends in your diary seven, eight, nine weeks in advance, surely you have what it takes, don't you? We're busy because of our own ambition, or even, if we're honest, our own anxiety because we dread what life will be like when we stop for a moment. We dread what it will be like. We dread what it will be like when busyness is absent from us. We're running on our own culturally shaped, society driven, and sadly, even though we won't really admit it, self-inflicted human hamster wheels, that even something as crucial as rest, even something that we need as desperately as rest, even something as amazingly God-given as rest, simply feels like yet another item on our endless to-do list. And it's ruining countless amounts of lives. That's why I'm convinced that what we're about to delve into the Bible together today with is absolutely crucial for you and me to come to grips with. We're in week three of our series called The Joy of Being God. It's a series in which we believe God's going to teach us yet again and help us rediscover this true secret of happiness. God loves being God, and He wants us to get in on the party and enjoy uh, part of that thing that He's enjoying Himself, the joy of being God. Last week we saw God's a happy worker. He loves it. He delights in, worker, in working. We saw also that that changes the way we approach our work because once we get a true grasp on God's character and how happy and how joyful He is, it makes us happy workers too. So this message today is definitely not a contradiction. In fact, it's probably just an extension of what God's trying to say to us in all of this. We simply need to continue reading just three more verses on from where we were last week 
to get the full picture. God isn't just a happy worker. He's a very, very happy rester. No one understands the relationship between work and rest better than God. He doesn't just want us to rejoice in working hard. He wants us to rejoice in the fact that we can rest in being able to do absolutely nothing. It's amazing. We saw last week for six days God, the very happy, joyful God, was working and delighting in it, delighting in everything he created. And then this happened. We're in Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3, and this is what it says. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We mustn't miss out on the truth in these verses because they're life-giving to us. If we can get a hold of this, this is life-giving stuff. God intended it to be life-giving to you and me. Neither should we miss out on the fact that it's absolutely weird, it's really odd that God, the creator of the universe, rested. It's not like he needed it. He's the creator and the sustainer of the whole universe, the one who holds it all together, the one who speaks stars, galaxies, and absolutely amazing things out there form and keep on forming because he spoke words. And in Isaiah chapter 40, it says this, God doesn't get tired. He doesn't grow weary. It's not like he needed a break after a few days of work. It's not like he had to take some time out to put his feet up. God wanted to establish a principle, and it's really, really important that you and I get that. Really, really important. If we do, and I mean if we really, really do, if we knuckle down, if we put our focus and our attention into this thing, and we get what God was trying to teach us here, it'll revolutionize our lives. We may have to live slightly different in our world, in our cities, but it'll revolutionize our lives. Our lives will be so much better. And on a surface level, I think on a very basic level, we know this. We know that time out is good for us. We know that rest help, helps us to see things in a different way. On the odd occasion, when we have a really, really good break, we come back from that break. And I, I've said this myself, and I've heard loads of my friends say this. They come back from holiday, they're so refreshed, and they say, I've realized yet again, there's more to life than just work. It even makes us do our work better. But for most of us, most people in our society, do you know what we do? These moments of clarity, these moments of clear perspective, they're so infrequent. And even when we get them, even when we come back with this revelation that there's way more to life, way more to life than just work, do you know what we do? Not much about it. It's short-lived. And God wants that to change. He's the happy creator of the universe. He loves working but he's also the happy sustainer of the universe. He wants to hold it all together. And he really does want for you and me to find his perfect rhythm for our lives also. It's the first thing he wants us to see. We need to learn to properly rest as part of our weekly, monthly, yearly rhythm. God wants it to be a part of our life. And when we get this balance and clarity, not only does it make us a little bit less tired, it brings a dimension of joy 
that God deeply desires for you and me to have. I love how plainly Moses explains this for us in the Ten Commandments, which is a really big deal in Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. If you've not been around church much, if you've not really delved into reading your Bible, let me just explain this word Sabbath that Moses is using here. It simply means a day that is set aside for us to rest, a rest day. And when something's holy, it means it's set apart. It's kind of like, it's like kept aside for a specific purpose. So this day for rest is kept aside for a specific purpose, and it's really not hard to figure out what it is. It's to rest. It's to chill out. It's to take a break. He points out here for us that in six days, God created everything. And then on the seventh day, he took time not only to rest, but to enjoy the work that he had done. Since God did it, you and me, it'll be a really, really, really good idea for you and me to do it ourselves. The rest that we take is actually a way of us honoring the goodness of God, the goodness of all he's created, and the goodness of what we've achieved. I guess it's a challenge in all of our busyness with our never-ending to-do lists and our huge demands from ourselves, our bosses, other parties. Actually, see, actually taking time off seems to be something counterproductive or something that we can't afford to do. But listen to me today. That is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Our constant busyness robs us from precious time with family and friends. It even robs us from precious alone time that you and I desperately need. And it's the complete opposite of the promise of the rich and satisfying life, the abundant life that Jesus speaks about in John 10.10. More importantly is that ultimately our busyness is at war against our awareness of God of who God is, of all God wants to be, and of how much joy He wants us to have in our lives. You see, when we actually stop, when we actually take time to rest, even with incomplete tasks all around us, when we choose to, to stop and take a time out, we're declaring something in that moment. We're saying, God, we're acknowledging that you are God and that we are not. We are acknowledging, God, that you are working way, way, way after we run out of steam. It's the second thing he wants us to see. Choosing to rest is a declaration of our faith in God and an act of worship to him. We're basically saying, God, we're taking time off to just say you are God, to just make much of you because we've run out of steam and we really, really need this rest. For some of you, it's like an impossible task. But it's not simply a suggestion. 
It's not simply, simply a good idea. This is one of the Ten Commandments. This is a very big deal. And if you ignore it, it'll ruin your life. At some point, you'll burn out. You'll get sick. You'll ruin some of the relationships. Your life will break down. When I was watching that uh, embarrassing, ridiculous hamster video, I noticed something. I noticed that they went very fast, very quickly. But it didn't take long for me to see that they didn't know how to stop when they were running fast. Their legs couldn't keep up with where they were trying to go. They got tired. They took a step out of sync. They spun out of control. At times, there were more than one hamster on the wheel. There were two or three going for it. And at some point, one of them would jump out on a little sidebar. You guys know the little sidebar there? Just hang on for dear life. Sometimes, that's what our lives look like. Does it sound familiar? Are you hanging on for dear life? Are you the person just spinning out of control? Are you the one that's looking weird, just spinning all around and around and around on the side while the other guy's still trying to run? Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Stop today. It's really, really, really toxic. And there's no joy in that kind of life. Let me say something for you today. Take the Sabbath. Take time to rest. If you don't take the Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. You know the main reason why most of us run so hard? The main reason why we throw ourselves into mountains and mountains of work? We're still trying to earn our way to God. We're still trying to work our way to some sort of salvation. It's not only true for people who are far away from God and trying to find their way back, their way back to God. It's true for Christians. It's true for people who are followers of Jesus. This is what it says in Deuteronomy 5 verse 15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Keeping the Sabbath or taking a week to rest is so much more than kicking your feet up and having a cold beer. It's a declaration of freedom. It's saying I'm no longer a slave. It means you're not a slave to culture's expectations. You're not a slave to your family's hopes. You're not a slave to your medical school's never-ending demands. You're not even a slave to your own insecurities anymore. It means you're no longer trying to justify yourself or earn your salvation. It means that you're trusting that Jesus Christ did what he said he did. He took your sin to a cross. He was nailed to it. He died on your behalf. He died on your behalf. But he came back to life. He came back to life. And that changed everything. And when he did, he declared you righteous because of the work he did. This is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5 verse 1. He says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Getting off the hamster wheel of trying to work your way to God and resting in the salvation Jesus has already won for you will give you peace like nothing else on earth will. It's His efforts on the cross that secured your right standing before the Father. Nothing else. His perfect performance matters. And yours just really doesn't. 
It's the third thing he wants us to see today. We can rest in his salvation. Not only that, but that when we rest in his salvation, absolutely everything flows from that place. I read a great book by a guy called Watchman Nee. The book's called Sit, Walk, Stand. And I just want to give you a small quote from there. Most Christians make the mistake of trying to walk in order to be able to sit. But that is the reversal of the true order. Our natural reason says, if we do not walk, how can we ever reach the goal? What can we attain without effort? How can we ever get anywhere if we do not move? But Christianity is a queer business. If at the outset we try and do anything, we get nothing. If we try and attain something, we miss out on everything. Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. Guys, it's, it's time to get off your hamster wheel. It's time to rest in the happy God. He's a happy rester. He wants you and me to be happy resters too. If your life is out of balance, today's the day for you to set things right. Maybe it's as simple as making regular time to rest. Maybe a regular one day a week, every week of the month, every month of the year. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe today is a day to say, God, you are God, and I am not. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to say sorry. Maybe for way too long you've been the person, you've been the guy, you've been the girl that pretended that you were God, that you could hold it all together. Maybe it's time for you to say sorry to God and time to take a rest. Maybe today's the day to accept that Jesus' death, that means you no longer have to work for acceptance. You can work from it. I'm going to pray, and then we'll get a chance to respond together. Jesus, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the amazing work that you did on the cross. We're grateful that you took our sin and all the mess and all of our shame and all of our insecurities. And when you died on the cross, it was nailed there with you. You took it to the grave and then God, amazingly, you came back to life. And you've made us right before the Father. Jesus, this is amazing. I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd help each person that hears this message to know that in you, we stand right before the Father. In you, we no longer have to fight or try and earn something. Your perfect performance means our performance doesn't matter. Thank you for that good news. In Jesus' name. Amen.